Welcome back to the Multipod. My name is Ted, and it's a pleasure to be with you today as one of your co-hosts for this episode. I also have Flo with me. Hi, Flo. How are you doing? Hi, Ted. Everything's fine. <laughs> Good to see you. And we have a very special guest today, Kat, who is joining us from the Dominican Republic, and we are all very jealous. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Ted and Flo. Hi. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. It's about minus 20 Celsius where I am, and it must be plus at least that uh, where you are. Yeah, about, about plus 25. Yeah, nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and it's cool today. Yeah, poor you. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we thought we'd talk about an interesting subject today, in addition to certainly getting to know Kat and some of her story, but um, also revolving around the subject of tiny homes, which is something that uh, many of our listeners, I'm hoping, might find interesting. And we'll see if we can draw some parallels between tiny homes themselves and maybe multi-potentialite mindset, I guess, and what uh, leads people to, to making the choice to, to live that way, but also learning all about it and how it works and, and kind of how you jump into that world. For me, it's something I've long been curious about, um, and I love the concept, just the principle of simplifying, keeping things basic, and, and, and yet planned, I think, and, and kind of structured so that you really make the most of your space and your resources, thereby freeing you up to do all kinds of other things. That sounds very appealing to me. And Kat, how accurate a description is that? That is so true. And I can also link it into into the multipod world so easily as well. So yeah, yeah. would you you like me to tell tell you my story? Sure, go for it. Okay, so uh, as you'll be as your listeners will be able to uh, hear I'm a Brit I'm in I'm originally from the UK and uh, but yes as, uh, as Ted said I'm in the Dominican Republic at the moment yeah so I I got interested in tiny homes I don't know about 2007 a friend a new friend on a on a training call sort of said hey look at this she was just showing me on her laptop uh, all these lovely pictures of tiny homes I was like I completely fell in love with the concept. It's like, oh my goodness. I, I've always been a great uh, clutter clearer, um, always clearing out my stuff. I, I'm aware that there's always stuff coming into my life. So I always want to clear it out. And uh, whether it's physical or emotional, always wanting to get rid of stuff in my life so that I can live a more streamlined, clear, clutter free life. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to live? live in a tiny home. It's never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. Why? Why would it happen? And about four years later, I met a man. So it's, it's one of these, it's one of these sort of who do you know, uh, things rather than what do you know? Cause I met a man who had been living tiny home for about, um, about 25 years. He lived wow. in a, a teepee, uh, a wigwam for about four years. And then he moved into, a, he needed something a bit more with hard sides and a hard roof so he moved into what we call a caravan and what you call a trainer trailer mm-hmm. but it was very small and then he upgraded to one that was a bit bigger um, but I mean all actually the last one was on on grid he did have a uh, some electricity in but still no running water no flush toilet and uh, and I found that he'd actually he'd actually uh, about six months before we'd met he bought a piece of land here and he had built himself well when I say built himself he he dreamed he designed he project managed he sourced all the materials he did everything except like literally hammering the nails into the wood he built a a tiny home so it is uh, the idea was that he was going to live in it for a couple of months over the winters so 
it is. It's uh, about 16 foot by 16 foot octagonal uh, with a thatch roof. And we literally, it's, it's beautiful. In fact, it's about 16 foot long, 16 foot wide and about 60 foot high because of the, the sort of this round uh, octagonal roof on top. And it's just beautiful. And it's just got one room. Um, so we have a, a sofa bed and a kitchen on the side and then through an arch there's a shower and then through a tiny door there's a there's a toilet so we do have um we have water we have running water we don't have hot water because the hmm. water heater broke a few years ago and we have solar panels we have four solar panels and eight batteries because that's what okay. we need here so he was already there when you met him he no he was in the UK but he okay. was planning on doing it ju staying just for a couple of months every winter mm. And what we now do, we're here for about, uh, we're about four, four or five months. We don't live here all year round because in true multipod style, I have multiple tiny homes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> because in the summer, we're back in the UK and we have our, um, we'd call it a motorhome. Americans would call it uh, an RV. Uh, yeah. But that still is tiny. That's only 16 feet. Uh, from front to from from front to end, including the engine, so it's it's tiddly tiny. Uh, I mean, it's more like a van, but it does have a does have a tiny bathroom. So it's it is an RV rather than a van, and we stay there. Um, and then sometimes, uh, COVID permitting, we go to uh, Florida in the spring for about six weeks and stay in a tent, and that's another <laughs> tiny home. So I do I do I do multipod tiny homes. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's digital nomading uh, and tiny homes and, yeah, just crazy lifestyle. Crazy. <laughs> Did you have, like, a kind of a large, normal size, I guess, house then before all of this? Um, yes, I'd... Um, I'd had, I'd had a normal sized house, uh, with once upon a time I had a husband and then we split up and I moved into a, an apartment, which was still a decent size, uh, but it was smaller than the house. And then I sort of downsized again to a, um, to another. It was still, yeah, it, the, the house that I last lived in was, was normal size. Yeah. Hmm. But I've always, I've always tried to sort of keep simple, simple living, live simply so that others can simply live. It's mm -hmm. one of my philosophers really wanting to, to, yeah, clear out what I don't need in my life. Do you find it's yeah. kind of a vivid thing each day? You're aware of how simple your life is in, uh, in a purposeful way? Very much so. I've, I've, I mean, originally I was step, I was going up the, the corporate ladder. I had, um, big jobs, company cars, and all that sort of thing. And actually I then realized this, that I was, climbing the wrong tree basically and uh, now every morning I wake up going I, I am not overly busy I'm not overly stressed I mean yes mm -hmm. there, are, there are always stresses and other other things sent, sent to test us in life and who mm -hmm. wouldn't want them anyway but um, mm -hmm. I don't have that big mega corporate stressful one job nightmare and yeah so I so part-time work part-time income um full-time life really yeah <laughs> sounds nice it is it is <laughs> yeah i, I wondered uh, i i was really fascinated now because uh the uh, how accurate you know how big your world is 16 by 60 foot etc and the rv 16 
um, if if you, I mean, multi-pot, this kind of multi-locality you live, uh, how do you measure the rest of the world for you? Became it bigger? Uh, how do I measure the rest of the world? Is it? Uh, do you measure the rest of the world in kilometers then, or in emotions, or in um, oh. ideas, or stories, or memories? Communities, actually. Communities. By communities, yeah. So how do you do that? Yeah. So there's. So in the summer, when we're back in the UK, um, so I've got friends and family who I've sort of known for years. And then in the summer, we also go to um, like camps and festivals where we have our own temporary communities. There'll be communities that we, um, I don't know, for, for 10 days where we'll, we'll sing and we'll dance and there'll be workshops, uh, as I say, like a, like a, a mini festival where we're, I mean, I'm, I'm talk sort of like Burning Man, but for 200 instead of 20,000. Um, so knowing the, the each to temporary community and then we've got communities here in the Dominican Republic they're the English speaking gringos and then we're near a village so we've, the, we've got friends in the, the uh, Spanish speaking local local village um, and and then if, if we can get to Florida as I say we've done that for the last five Februarys but we can't go this this year because of the situation mm -hmm. uh, so we've got a there's a community there that we we plug into um, which is often, which is a lot of snowbirds, the ones who, who are only there temporarily anyway. And then there's you guys as well. There's the, this is, this is one of the, one of the communities that, um, that is online that everywhere, everywhere around the world. So, so you, you, you measure your life in experiences? Mm, yes. Yes. Cause I don't have, we don't have stuff. So I don't, don't yeah. keep, don't have a lot of stuff. I measure, measure, measure my life in experiences. And in spreadsheets, because <laughs> you're going to be ultra, ultra organized. I need to know yes. where everything is. In uh, so, If I'm in one country, I need to know what else is in the other country. So you can uh, get the girl out of the corporation, but never ever the corporation out of the girl. Yeah. I love my spreadsheets. I love yeah. spreadsheets. <laughs> hey, spreadsheets are holy. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a fundamental question is the practicalities of it. How do you go about kind of planning and designing your life to live in a tiny home and deciding, I mean, what are the most essential things you need? Because there's all sorts of things you could have, mm -hmm. appliances or an extra set of sheets or whatever, mm -hmm. right? How do you choose those fundamental things because you have such limited space? Yeah, it, it's to do with wants and needs. We we have we had big discussions at the beginning in terms of what, what would we what what do we want and what do we absolutely need? So um, mm. making sure we've got all the all the technology, um, that's an important one. And in fact, we did struggle for a few years um, here because we couldn't get we couldn't get unlimited Wi-Fi. Um, so this is the first winter in the last eight years that I've actually been able to do um, something like this. So it's it's great. Um, and yeah, so enough enough Wi-Fi, enough electricity. Uh, when it rains for a, after a few days, then um, we our electricity goes out because we are off grid. But we we upgraded a couple of years ago, and we haven't yet run out of electricity. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of I don't know, yeah, kitchen gadgets. Well, we don't do kitchen gadgets. I, I when I cook, everything is I, all I need is one knife, and that's it. And everything gets mm -hmm. everything gets cut. I don't have any other. 
Actually, that's not true. I do have a very small grinder, actually, for grinding nuts and seeds. <laughs> um, but then that's another thing, too, the size of things. Yeah. Could you have more things if they're small versus one thing that's really big? Absolutely. Yes, uh, certainly you could. Um, but but then, of course, uh, I mean, because we're off-grid, we have to consider the uh, the impact of that as well in terms of, so if we, we would go for one electrical item rather than two little ones, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, that I think it's more like, do you actually need it? What do you actually really, really need in in your life? And I think that we've done a lot of done a lot of soul searching, um, and there's very, very little. I mean, certainly because we travel as well. Um, we, I mean, as long as it, I think it's fifty pounds or twenty three kilograms that you can have on a. I know flying is very uncool these days, uh, but we live on we live so, so off grid that it's actually probably better for the environment for us to fly and live here than it is to uh, to be in a normal house. Um, but yeah, we have yeah very very little stuff, very little stuff. Was it a long process to I guess figure out how to let go of things? Um, yeah, for me, it's been a bit of a lifelong. Uh, as I said earlier, it's it's been a lifelong commitment to, to getting rid of things. Um, and but then we had a it's it's a, it's it's in discussion. And I did a huge cluster. I did when we when we knew that we were coming out when we made the decision. Yes, we'll come out here. We because uh, I I was here. I had a job here for about a year before I was digital nomading. Um, so I actually had a job here, and we had. So I was here for about a, almost a year full time. And I let go, oh, loads of stuff, loads. Um, oh, here's a good one, a good example, uh, clothes. So clothes, um, I pared the clothes down to two colours. So, um, and it was my partner's idea because he's always ever um, worn green and brown. And we went through my wardrobe and said, okay, well, majority of the colours are pink and purple. And... I, so I got rid of everything else that wasn't pink or purple. So that was a really, really easy decision, right? Okay, it's not pink and purple, it's gone. Which has then meant, it, seriously, it means not only have you got fewer clothes, but it's easier to wash, it's easier to uh, shop for, it's easier to, to mend. Um, I mean, now, like, oh, what? Oh, I need a, I need a suitcase. Oh, I wonder if I can get it in pink or purple, or I, or a, a laptop case. It, everything. Everything coordinates with everything else. I'd never have a problem as to will this match with that. It just that I, I mean, I love there are other colours I love, but it was like no, those two go together. Just have that. So something like that, and then the decision is really easy. <laughs> well, that's that's good. That's a practical way to go about it, and it just eliminates yeah. the the stress Ooh. even over do I want to keep this or maybe I'll need it six months from now, yeah. but. Forget Absolutely it. no, and it, and it's easy when you go shopping. You, you you go around if you say like clothes shops. You go well. Is there anything pink and purple here? Yes, I'll have a look at it. Or no, not even interested. It it really refines your. I mean, maybe it's a bit focused for a multipod, but it it, it just it, it just <laughs> makes life so much easier. I wonder, Kat, in which life phase did you come up with with all this uh, get rid of belongings, and possessions, and property, and and and? Oh goodness, mail! Which life phase? That's a very good question. I was probably in my. Hmm. Let's think. We 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 left. We did the big the big clutter clear to move to move here when I was mm, about mid forties. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, about mid forties. Um, but I'd been clutter clearing before then. When did I? So my husband and I split up. You see, we, he and he, even he and I, he was more of a specialist and I was a multipod. So, um, we, so that was, I don't know, late thirties, I suppose. So yeah, I think it was something about getting to know myself as a single person and, um, sort of a lot of getting rid of the memories of, of him and also learning to, to live. Yeah. Learning, learning to live as a, as a, as a whole human being by myself and not with anyone else. So that when I was then ready for somebody then who was absolutely right in my life, that he, he had exactly what I wanted, then he was there really. <laughs> so he appeared. It's interesting because right of Fort 40, 40, He's mid forty. It's it's the middle mm. of the life of biological life. And somehow, if you take good movies, big movies, there's always this midpoint where everything changes. This one hundred eighty degrees, uh, um, a change point, changing point. And I'm forty three now, and I uh, was up in Lapland uh, from from Christmas to sixth seventh of January. It wasn't allowed, you know, but we went anyway. And uh, we stayed with some friend of us, uh, and they bought a house, completely simple house, with a main oven, and one had to take care to heat it. And Valentina, with her three years, she loved it. There were no um, no TV, no screens, no just getting out in the snow, having fun, doing stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And she never ever slept that good than in these ten days. So um, mm. when I came back and saw what I have and what I worked for and how much I will have to work to sustain it, to, su to support it, to still say that's mine, uh, is it worth it? And I'm really thinking about it. So when you say it was in the 40s mm. somehow and I'm now there, super mm. interesting. Okay. And that's, that's so true, isn't it? That actually once you, uh, I, I don't know about, about you guys, but when you when you just sort of, trudging up that that corporate hill that that you're learning lots of money and doing what you're supposed to do you don't really realize that or at least i didn't that there is there is another way of doing it and then mm -hmm. um mm. you then have this this sort of realization that actually yeah there is another way of of doing life of, of living life mm -hmm. you don't have to do what you're what you've always been told to yeah unless yeah less less income Less cost, mm -hmm. fewer costs, and just more of, more of enjoy. Yes, more of enjoying countryside and being outside. And yeah, because I'm outside mm -hmm. at the moment. It's just yeah, it's lovely. So you also got rid of of of, of tox toxic relationships yes. and then had a new start yeah, somehow. Completely, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Refinding myself, found out who who I was, um, bringing in, bring yes, into new communities. Um, I I just. They say it was one of these camps in the summer that uh, that I met him at, and we yes, it was bringing in new friends, new friendships into into my life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's good. Are there still connections to to friends of your old life? Um, yeah, yes, yes. I've got one friend who I've known for about twenty five years. Um, every now and then, she and I sort of comment on how we've we both changed over the years. Cause, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, so that's fun. Yeah, not so many. I mean, a few old people from Facebook on Facebook, that sort of thing. But um, mm. no, mostly, yeah, mostly. Yes. 
Do you get comments or people asking you about your life and how do you do it and why did you do it and stuff like that? Nobody, <laughs> nobody asks. No, all really? I get is, oh, I wish I, oh, I wish I had little like you. And it's like, well, uh-huh. and there are ways and means of doing it. That's the thing. The more people, especially the ones who've done it and can speak from experience, but I think the more people talk about it and simplifying it, I suppose in any way. But, you know, I I was thinking how, like, it's more than just making the choice to live in a smaller, like, physical space, right? It's a real psychological Mm. lifestyle choice to go to a tiny house, right? Completely. And it's like, so you hear people talk about doing it and what it's like, and it's almost, it seems, it's almost a universal response of at least curiosity, if not some kind of envy or desire to want to do it as well. You know, it seems so appealing to make that kind of a simple change. You had to be, you had to be so determined, though. Did you find it really, was, it, was there any point that was really difficult to make that choice to let go of mm. the previous life? Um. I don't think so because I still have I still have remnants of 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 my previous life I suppose well no maybe I don't actually yes so I suppose I still be digital nomading so I do still do some I do still do some work that is related I I come and go between different jobs but the one that's paying me at the moment is is to do with my old life um so but it's just I can do it online these days instead of instead of in an office um so that's still there it's, I mean, there is the practicalities of a, of a tiny home. Actually, where would you place it? What is it? How? So I've been yeah. lucky in that respect. But the, there's, there's something about the letting go and, um, yeah, of, of the, the psychological letting go of your own, of, of your old life. And if you want to hang on to your old life, well, that's fine. But look at why you want to hang on to it. There, there wasn't yeah. a lot in my life that I wanted to hang on to, really. So you're kind of a, of a of a seeker. You're still looking for something, or do you feel you have found something? I, I think I've. I think I've. I mean, oh, what's the definition of a seeker? But I think I think I've found. I think I've found like an amazingly remarkable life, and just I sort of pinch myself to go, "Wow, this isn't this isn't what even what I expected." There's something about I. I when I was yeah, when I was in my mid twenties, I went travelling around the world. And uh, I remember sitting by a river in the States going, wow, I'd love to. Uh, I mean, we were, I was just, we were just outside a hostel, just sitting in the sunshine, doing just hanging out, really. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to live six months abroad, just hanging out, and then I'll come back to the UK and work really hard. And that was sort of 25, 27 years ago. Um, so it's taken a while to manifest, but yeah, it's... So I think there's something about setting an intention and yeah, allowing it to happen. If it happens, it is yeah. it is going to happen. Highly interesting, really, because it has to do with so much changes. And and did, did you ever think about worst case scenarios? What happens if? Oh, completely. What if I get ill? What if I? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'd we'd also yeah. So what if I get ill? That's I'd have to get come back to the UK, and at the moment that might be a challenge with flights and all that. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, originally we came out here because I had been offered, or at least my partner already had the house, and then somebody here offered me a job, uh, which was to do with my old life. So we did come out here, and I thought, well, if so, there were options of either I didn't like the tiny house, or 
I didn't like the job or I didn't like my partner. We'd only been going out together about mm-hmm. about 18 months, I think. So that could have failed as well. Um, so, yes, I put, you're right, I did put contingency plans in place. Um, I did. I found somewhere else that I could have lived if I'd loved the job but hated him. I knew that I could always go back to the UK if I didn't like anything. So, yes, you're right. I, I put contingency plans in place that just in case things didn't happen um, the way I thought it was, but I wanted it to happen, then, yes, there, there was always um, an alternative, a get-out clause, mm-hmm. which I, I, I do like a, a get-out clause. It's good to have an alternative just in case. It's so much easier when you live simply, right? Like you don't have a huge mortgage. You don't have um, no. to split all these assets. Do you even have no. to get lawyers involved that much? Stuff like that, right? No. I mean, I, I, I have the apartment that I own in the UK, but that has tenants. Mm. So I've, I've got okay. somebody renting there. So that's um, so that, that's the, that was one of my options that if, if it all else fails, I go back to my corporate life, get rid of my mm. tenant and go and live, live there. But yeah, no, there's no mortgage here. Um, having said that, there's no insurance here. So if we catch a light and the whole place burns down, um, we lose everything. So, Yeah, and that, that, that's the interesting thing because I had a discussion with a friend of mine. Uh, uh, he, he built a house and, and all the security stuff, etc. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you see, you have two children. I have one child. Uh, and, and you always were like uh, finding freedom in security which mm-hmm. all political uh, governments and political systems uh, tell us. But I'm the other way around. I find uh, my security and freedom mm. because the more I do and the more experiences I have, the m- uh, more um, I can react in situations. Yeah. But after all, there has to be a basic, I don't know, sick feeling for security or the wish to stay safe. So you don't have endurance. But you, if you get ill in the Dominican Republic, well, we have we have we have travel insurance, so I can get back to the UK. It's, oh, okay. it's the house okay. insurance. It's the, okay. We don't have the house insurance, so mm. if, the, if the house goes up in flame, we have nothing. Mm. Um, but yeah, we do have it for health. Um, yes, I, I, what was that? It, security in safety or safety and security? That was really interesting. Flo. No, fr- free, freedom, 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 and se- freedom, freedom and security, security, or security and freedom. Yeah, that's 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 really. That's really interesting. Yeah. Freedom in security, security in freedom. Yeah. By being more free. Wow. That's a great one to ponder on, isn't it? That's, that's it is. A, it's a great paradox. Do you think, you know, yeah. the more secure our homes are, the more free we are to somehow relax and not worry? But is that really the case? And then the things that takes this, this, what if you, you, it's, you're afraid of losing, right? What if something goes down? What if the security system breaks? Mm-hmm. What exactly. if people somehow find a way to, to break in anyway? Nothing's 100% safe. Mm-hmm. If you're able to let mm-hmm. that go and do a complete 180, you're not afraid to lose the things you have, obviously, aside from your health and your loved ones, right? But if you can have a different perspective on your material possessions, I find the whole tiny house thing, it really comes down to the possessions you have, right? Starting with your house and almost being able to like catalog, imagine everything in your brain that you possess. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a Zen thing. You feel like a lot more clarity just mm-hmm. about if things happen, I can adapt, I can go and do what I need to do. Yeah. It's a lot simpler. Completely. Yeah, it's it's very zen. 
Um, and I'm sure we could have a whole conversation, there could be a whole completely different multi-pod, uh, conversation on, um, <laughs> on security and freedom to do with COVID as well. That's another one as well. Um, but yeah, the, we had a couple of years ago, we had some, we had our bag stolen on the beach. And, yeah. um, fortunately we weren't, we weren't injured, but our bags got, got nicked. And yeah, it, it was, it was really, first of all, there was that stress of, oh no. We've had our bags stolen, all the hassle and, and problems. But actually, amazing freedom. It's like, oh, well, I didn't really like that purse anyway. I'll just buy one that I like this time. So there, there was an amazing freedom in terms of our possessions obviously needed to go to somebody else who would make better use of them. I'll just buy something different and um, yeah. maybe... Yeah, because that, that's the other thing with when you're, when you're decluttering, when you're getting rid of stuff, often you'll, uh, I, I found I have hung on to stuff because I also don't want to, um, spend the money to, to buy something else that, yes, is purple or pink or, or, or just something that is absolutely perfect. Whereas actually once it goes because somebody else has taken it, then you have that freedom to go, Oh, well, yes, I didn't like that. I'll, get something i did like yeah so different perspective on theft and money is the key word Kat. It, how much do you need per month honestly uh, i'd have to check my budget so i don't keep numbers like that in my head i need to check my spreadsheet <laughs> that's the breathing in itself <laughs> oh dear um but probably well there's two of us but i have a part-time job and my partner has a British pension, state pension, which really doesn't go very far either. Mm. So, um, I mean, ooh, I think I might put 700 pounds, about a thousand dollars away a month for the joint mm. figures for the joint accounts, plus a few bits and pieces for me. So not, not massive amount, really. Um, it's not expensive, at least in the Dominican. No, it's not expensive. And the other thing is that what we do is look at what our priority is. So the, the main expenses are the flights and the insurance. And mm. after that, everything else, um, is, is, as long as you put, we, I sort of talk about that, that thing of, um, rocks, um, rocks, pebbles, sand and water. As long as you get the rocks in place, um, and you've spent what you absolutely have to spend, everything after that is, is discretionary. Um, we do, we, yeah. That's neat. Yeah. We eat simply, we don't eat, we're vegetarian. So for example, that's cheaper on the food. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. I didn't eat a piece of meat since 40 days now. Mm. And beside the nice side effects that I feel much more powerful and much more energetic, wow. which makes my wife mad, <laughs> even more powerful. Goodness. <laughs> Ah, uh, but <laughs> it makes a difference uh, 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 buying stuff and, and buying mm. vegetables or whatsoever. Yeah. Meat is expensive. Absolutely, yeah. That's yeah. Good meat is uh, unbelievable expensive. And yeah. Good meat from happy animals, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, vegetarian, we also eat, we only eat twice a day, so we eat only during daylight. So that's another thing, mm. so we can... When we, we don't eat when, um, when we need to be putting more electricity on, for example, and we only cook once a day. So that reduces the gas. So just little, little things of just analyzing how to, how to tweak just, just sort of minor, minor costs that then will add up over the days and the weeks and the months. 
Reminds me a bit of my backpacking days. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is sort of. It, you're right. It is sort of backpacking in a in a static in a static place. Actually, yes. Yeah, I think I think that's possibly why I went, fell in love with it as well because I I love back backpacking. You're right. And here we don't have a we don't have a car here, so uh, we we travel with the locals. And you're right. It, it is sort of backpacking. <laughs> and there are other people here. We know we know other. English speaking sort of, uh, people here who have, mm. have retired out here and do the light winter sun lifestyle in a very different way from the way we do. But yeah, I love the multipod way of, of, yeah, I think it's the variety I love. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to drive in a car every, the same place every day with, well, same. Yeah, I want, I want the variety. I want to see who I meet. Every time you're in public transport, you meet somebody different, have a different conversation with someone. And what's your relationship with, to space? Because I'm sure one kind of well, critique of people might recoil. They say, well, it's a nice idea to live in a tiny house, but it's so small, especially if yeah. it's you and someone else, or imagine with a family. Mm. And like, you know, it's not a lot of space to spread out. I remember reading, I read a book about um, someone, and they were talking about growing up in Montreal was the case, but in like the 1930s. And everyone lived in like a really small apartment, and the kids would just they 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 saw their home as a place where you come home for meals and to sleep, and the rest of the time they were either in mm-hmm. school or they're outside. They're playing year round, middle of winter or summer, whatever. They're playing sports and like the street and everything else, the alleys and like that was where they spent their time. So it was like I was interesting. I remember that reading this part, and it ch- kind of changes your concept of home. That home is like a utilitarian thing. The, the actual house. It's where you just do the things you need to do, and you live your life outside. Now, I would think that having such a small space for shelter is probably pretty similar. It helps maybe that you're in the Dominican Republic, that uh, it's nice and hot. You can, <laughs> you can be outside. <laughs> yeah. But still, what's your relationship like to having yeah. the, your, your approach to space? It's, it's a great question because my partner and I have two completely different approaches. I love tiny homes because they are efficient. He loves tiny homes because they are cozy. So we have okay, a completely different experience, but yes, you're right. For the 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 top, um, the, the the front trapezoid of the of the octagon here is outdoors. So I'm sitting outside. So yes, we spend time outside. Um, but last summer, the COVID lockdown summer, and we were in our in our tiny RV that um, we usually spend, which is usually this, the same thing. We'd eat and sleep. Well, no, we'd eat, we'd sleep in there. And the rest of the time we'd be outside, whether it's visiting friends, going to, to camps and festivals. But last summer, of course, we were locked down. And it actually is really, really hard work. Uh, we found we found it a real struggle of even just things like getting to the fridge. One, like you had to have one, one person at one end of, of the van and one, one person at the other end just to make sure that because otherwise we'd be bumping into each other. And, and oh, I, I need to head down to the front. OK, I'll go to the back. So you have to um, be careful. So, yes, if it's and I can understand if it's cold, when it's cold and you don't want to be outside, it is it is tricky. So we do try and get I don't know whether we'll manage it this this year because of the situation, but we usually get a few weeks, maybe about two or three, three or four weeks apart um, Hmm. physically, like we'll either be in a different country Mm -hmm. or he'll go to a hostel and I'll have the van, something where we are physically away from each other for a few weeks because, yeah, you need a bit Mm -hmm. of space. It's hard work. And I can imagine for a a family is is even more 
hard work because the more people there are the more the more energies and yeah it's it's not just the physical it's the it's the energetic space that people mm-hmm. take up as well yeah. um yeah. i think that's the biggest test now for for mankind to stick together uh and then all these space things are broken up as far as i understand it so your main approach is to live life at its best in with as minimal as possible in this life phase now and what's next will you stay somewhere again or will you still be multi-locality multi-potting hopping around don't know we we are the two of us are in a very very fortunate situation in that he has a daughter mm-hmm. who is now old enough and she's living her life and i have aging parents but they're not old enough to need my help um so mm-hmm. my guess is in another 10 years my partner will have grandchildren and i will have parents that need looking after so but what we're doing we're taking we're taking one day at a time one step at a time i mean who knows we might not get back to the uk mm-hmm. as we've seen from last year the whole world can change we have no idea mm-hmm. yeah um, that's why i'm asking mm-hmm. uh, so planning yes pl- planning yes but not too far because you don't know what happens anyway. yeah yeah i mean we always plan a year ahead. we usually <laughs> used to plan a year ahead just so that we had the the flights in place and then after that we we could then plan the rest of our life but even now who knows so i think yeah plan but be but be be flexible um actually not even plan um set an intention i suppose set an intention and be flexible with around that and set an intention and a desire yeah and then take take that see how it goes yeah that gives you some out some guidelines to uh make decisions as things change and you have to adapt Mm, absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and and knowing knowing your values as well knowing what what you will put up with and what you won't so i having now lived in tiny homes i'm not sure i could ever go back to a, a normal three bedroom semi detached house mm-hmm. with a car on the drive mm-hmm. and i i'm not sure i could ever do that i mean yeah i could squeeze into it but i think with with <laughs> uh, but it would it would feel like a squeeze it would be like discomfort and Don't want to be normal and physically or emotionally just emotionally <laughs> my ego i think yeah my ego <laughs> <laughs> yeah highly interesting well before we go we do like to get to know a bit of people's background mm-hmm. and and uh, what brought you to the puttyverse emily's emily's ted talk i um I, i saw it quite a few years ago it was it was one of those sort of in case you're interested you might want to watch this so i watched it and thought that was great um got onto the weekly uh email <laughs> got onto the weekly newsletter of the putty um putty like and uh and then sort of got bored just i just moved on <laughs> classic classic multiple it's like oh yeah i've been there done that um <laughs> And then sort of, but but I never forgot about it. I never forgot about it because it had some really, uh, some interesting articles. And Emily's Emily sort of really, I thought, well, yeah, actually, there are other other people out there like me. So last year, I when I'm I'm trying to set up my own coaching business at the moment, and uh, and I thought, oh, I remember who's got some advice on interesting businessy things. So I bought relation uh, Renaissance business, and that's how I that's how I joined the first. Awesome. So yeah, so it's fun. I met some amazing people. Me too. I mean, yep. you two guys are fab, and there's some, yeah, there's some incredible, yeah, all around incredible the world, incredible people. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's been uh, a pleasure chatting, getting to know you a bit better, especially hearing about um, your life story and and how you squeeze into that tiny house, which is, sounds idyllic. <laughs> thank you for thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, yeah. You're welcome back anytime. We can chat about some other projects and uh, topics for sure. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thanks, great good. to uh, Thanks. great to have met you. Cool. Great to meet you. <laughs> Thanks, Clay. Thank you, Ted.